Welcome to Singing Teachers Talk, the podcast that brings you great interviews, insightful discussions and advice around the topic of singing and teaching singing. Now it's over to your host for today's episode. It's me, Alexa Terry. My guest today is best known as the holistic artist coach and the founder of The Par Method, and she is on a mission to empower artists to create a career that they love. With over 20 years experience in the industry, working with the likes of Sarah Brellius, Regina Spector and Mark Basie, Wendy Par has created a development pathway to assist artists in defining and elevating their skills, as well as embracing their authenticity for true connection through music. Wendy, welcome to the Singing Teachers Talk podcast. How is 2023 treating you so far? Oh my goodness. It's good. It's just got started. And um, I was actually putting my newsletter, like final touches uh, today, that's going to go out tomorrow. Um, and just looking at what do I want less of in 23 and more of in 23. Mm. And you know? do you know what that is? Some of it for sure. Also, just if anybody's into numbers, 2023 is a seven. It's a good number. It's a good year. Oh, okay. I yeah. like it. Two, 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 three. And seven is a very powerful, powerful number. It's a divine number. It's one of like seven chakras, seven notes, seven sacraments. There's a lot, like seven is a very potent number. It's going to be a powerful year. Um, let's see, more more ease is a big one for me. Just want, I would like to do the things that I do with more ease and more grace, mm. uh, less less pressure, which I only put on myself. So this is this is for me to... Uh, practice and find tools to have less pressure, more ease. Um, work. I want to. I, I want to say simply is the word. It's like, and part of it goes back to the ease. Where I'm like, I look at my day and there's just, I, my list of things to do. I'm sure, like many, is just massive. Mm. And just practice what are the top three things I need to do today. And if I get one of them done, if I get three, amazing. There's always other things that will show up that like this has to get done today. And you're like, oh, this isn't my priority, but it has to get done today. Um, but so being able to do all of that with more ease, more grace, and um, it makes me feel very accomplished at the end of the day when I know the most important thing I needed to do, I did it. Mm. You know, that really, I'm standing by my integrity. I'm honoring myself. I'm honoring my life, my career. And um, more of those things would be, you know, walks in nature, time with my kids. Mm. Um, you know, I took the holiday. So many of my friends and clients and people I know, everyone was like, chill, just want to ch just really chill, like no big plans, just relaxed, quiet. A lot of people didn't feel like didn't feel very festive or holiday like mm. I think it's I think it's very much a part of the changes we've been in the last few years. We're like, oh, yeah, this isn't this isn't like it usually was. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not about normal, but it's like, oh, we're not doing this the way we've always done it. So yeah, I, I spent my holiday, I closed my computer and didn't open it for over a week. And my partner was like, I've never seen you not on your computer. And I was like, yes, more of this. Mm. You know? And I'm incredibly dis disciplined. I'm super hardworking. And that's a pro and a con, right? So more time, more time off in my head, more time off from, like I said, my own pressure and work, and then being more focused or specific or um, effective, whatever those words are. Mm. So that I'm, I like I like my pace more, like pacing myself. Mm. And you never know what's going to come up creatively when you've taken a break. So how did the PAR method come about and what's it made up of? 
Oh, good. I've been coaching for over 25 years and all the things that I do with artists one-on-one from technique to artistry and artist development, songwriting. um, That's one thing the last couple of years got me to do is just expedite something I've been wanting to do a long time, which is create online courses. Mm -hmm. Um, Some are pre-recorded so that someone can take it anywhere in the world, anytime. I want access to this. I want this information um, because I can't be everywhere all the time and available. It's only so many hours in a day kind of thing. And um, basically, I spent the last couple of years like doing a lot of different courses. I've done many of them over time, things I've done with artists like on helping them really find their voice. So being a holistic coach is I'm a vocal coach, but more than that, I really help an artist find who they are. And then how does that translate not just from your singing, but into your expression in your music video and your artwork and in your persona? You know, I was on tour with one artist and in the process discovering, you know, well, where are you on the spectrum? Like, introvert, super extroverted um, showman, somewhere in the middle, right? And I show people examples of these types of artists. I'm like, well, let's find where you are. And she was really an introverted person. She's And I was like, and so why are you showing up like a showman? And then we looked at like, oh, this is why it came about. You know, this is how you got here. Now let's start doing it the way it feels good to you. You don't have to pump up the crowd all the time. Let's draw them in more. Do you want to be seated at the piano sometime? Do you want to be standing? So aligning her live performance with who she is, and then that translated into her interviews. So the courses, basically doing things I've done for a long time, creating new courses. And then I turned around and looked at it and said, there's the pathway. And it's really a pathway of artist development. Mm. And it starts with Blueprint, which is the first session I have with every artist. Sarah Borellis took this course with me. Artists that have been in the in the business for a long time have taken it. Someone just starting out. It's whenever I think, oh, maybe this artist doesn't need it. You know, they're really established. I'm always wrong. We do the session and they gain so much from it. They're like, oh, I needed that. I, you know, I, this, I needed that reminder or I needed to touch back with that. I forgot about that, you know. Mm. So that first session is really about looking at why you do what you do. Like, what do you love? Why do you love singing? What do you love about it? And so many times artists have said to me, I, I've never even asked myself that. No one's asked me, right? And when we start to look at that why and what thrills you and why you picked up a hairbrush and sang in the mirror as a kid, right? Mm. I want to help people get back to that freedom of that three-year-old, seven-year-old, 15-year-old self. Mm. And then we're going to train to build up your skills. Why? To serve the kid in you, to serve the play, to serve the fun. Um, And then we really look at what's getting in the way of it. Mm. You know, what are all the things you worry about? Think about how is technique working against you instead of for you? If you're busy thinking about how you sound on stage, you are not having fun. You're not connecting with your audience. You're holding a mirror to yourself all the time. Like, look, how do I sound? How do I sound? Is it good? Do they like me? Mm. You know, and I know everyone listening is like, yep, done it. Yep, done it. Right. But how do I get out of it? So blueprint is the way out. Mm. And when people take it, I recommend that you you look at that workbook, you take the class every six months, do it again. You just, the world will pull you away from yourself, right? The world pulls you out of listening to yourself and focused on what everyone else is doing or what everyone else thinks of you. So to like keep getting those tools back. You know, this is my philosophy and I have to bring myself back, mm. right? This is, this is my belief in like makeup and I still have to practice bringing myself back because I don't know what, who in the world and what in the world is encouraging you to you. Be just like you. Don't mm. compare yourself. <laughs> don't look at that phone with millions of other people's, you know, content all day long. Don't, don't scroll. It's asking you to scroll like an addict, you know? So all that comparison comes up, all the, what are they doing? Should I be doing that? You know? Mm. And no, everyone's not a comedian. Don't be a comedian if you're not. Let's find out who you are. Mm. So that's Blueprint. There's two more courses that will be coming out. One is for vocal style. Another one is called Sound Chart that is literally just 
distilling your musical sound to a recipe. So on paper, you will have in detail, like what are all the components of your music from the message to the mood, to the genre, to instruments. And then you can take that into the studio. You can take that to your team and say, here it is on paper. Let's bring it to life. The flagship is called Compass. It's a six-week intensive, and that one is with me. Mm -hmm. Blueprint and Soundchart are both a part of that course. That's for professional artists, and it's all authentic branding. We're going to go into your archetypes and childhood heroes and all kinds of tools to help you discover things you forgot about yourself, didn't know about yourself, and then have the language tools to then communicate it to your team. So when someone says, what do you want to do for this music video? And you're like, "Mm, I don't know. You know, what could it be? You have all these resources now to pull from and be like, well, this song is really about, you know, X, Y, Z. That relates to this archetype. Let's look at that archetype. And how could that be the story? Or how could that be the color scheme? How could that affect the costuming? So all these wonderful insights are going to be able to come from you, the artist, that you can then, again, your team can now be like, ah, we're going to be in full support of you now. We know what you want to do. Um, Because most artists don't either know themselves a little Mm. to a lot, but don't know how to do that in lots of lanes, right? You're not, first of all, you're not supposed to be a marketing person, though right now you need to be. Um, Everyone isn't, you know, an aesthetic artist, but you're deep in your music. You're like, I don't know what that looks like on uh, as an album cover, you know? Um, so Compass, for example, two artists who just took it, one is on her fifth record. She did sound chart and her fifth record is like such an elevation from her first four Mm. because she discovered she loves piano driven songs. She discovered she likes chill vocals and she's like, she's a guitar player. And she's like, I come from the school of big voice. Mm. So she was so surprised about things that she loves and it really directed the fifth record. Mm. And then it directed the, the visuals. She was like, I've discovered I've been hiding like my femininity and, I, and my cheekiness. And so you see the first four albums and images and you see the new one. You're like, oh, wow, this is this is breakout material, mm-hmm. you know, and she's a Sony recording artist on her fifth record. And she wanted that motivation. And that's what she found in Compass. Amazing. Yeah. And then for the new artist, um, Alec Chambers, he's one of the he's like number 48 right now, I believe, in on TikTok in the US. He's a wow. he went viral. He's got three million, millions of followers, whatever that number is. Um, And he's been working as a musician and as an artist and songwriter for 10 years. Mm. This was not like an overnight luck, right? But he took the course because I, you know, was saying to him, I'm like, look, you're going to, got signed to management, great management. I said, here's what's going to happen. You are going to get in the room with some writers and producers. In six weeks, you're going to be on TV singing a song, looking around going, how did I get here? Don't really love this song. It's not really me. Mm. And he's like, that's exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. So he took Compass, went back to his team with his sound chart and his first single is called Dark Can Be Beautiful. And and in his own words, he said, my music, my music is more, speaks more about who I am than ever before. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about his mental health issues. He's, he's sharing on social media about his stutter, something he's never spoken about before. He's like, this is me. I'm putting myself, I'm sharing my message and who do I want to speak to and what do I want to speak about? And that's what Compass helped him discover. Mm-hmm. He had a two-hour meeting with his management team. He said, Wendy, they asked me questions for two hours and I had all the answers. I would not have had them if I didn't take the course. He's like, I just, they're not things you necessarily think about. You're just doing your thing as an artist, right? And that's why it takes seven to 10 years to develop yourself. 
That's mm-hmm. that's an average. And I'd say it's longer right now because the industry is so different. You're, you're asked to do so much of this on your own. You're, you know, no one's signing a seven album deal anymore and they're nurturing you and developing you. You've got to do it all by yourself for a long mm-hmm. time. Right? So my goal is to empower artists to have tools and insights and processes to shrink that time period and to spend less time wandering, wondering and more like I'm moving towards the bullseye. I like what I'm doing. You know, it's it's progress. It's, you know, there's nowhere to get. You're never going to get anywhere. Right. Like there's no ending. But if you feel like, hey, I'm on the dartboard now, like I like what I'm doing. I, I've definitely got a handle of who I am here. Like I'm in the right. I'm in my lane. And then you can just expand and get more accurate and expand and and, and have the tools to, to communicate that. Like that's mm-hmm. essential. So you're not stuck in a place of I don't know if I want to put that single out. I don't know if it's me now. How involved are you in the process of helping an artist figure out who they are in themselves so that they can put that into their music? And what sort of things do you get them to do and explore? Uh, That totally depends on the artist. Some artists I work with, we're doing primarily like technique skills, keeping them healthy for tour. Mm. Like that's what we do. Other artists... Like I have an artist right now, I'm very deeply developing. Like I'm in the studio with them, t- taking them in with producers. I'm writing with them. I'm really helping them develop who they are and, and their work. Um, so it it really runs the spectrum on the artist I'm working with and what they want from me or need from me. Some mm-hmm. artists I'm coaching on songwriting and teaching songwriting. Other artists, like they don't need that. They don't want that. We're doing something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it varies in various degrees. Um, but helping someone find their voice to me is is them, right? It's There's your instrument, the voice, and to express yourself authentically through that, one, we get your instrument aligned. Like if this is open, free, and aligned, we're getting your personality, mm. right? If it's tight or held back or yelling, we're getting a version of it that isn't as expansive as it could be. Maybe it's missing some range or you're missing a bunch of dynamic options. Mm. So really opening up the voice is the first step. And when you get that other octave, for example, like that, you know, key octave that's like, oh, this is where primetime choruses want to live in my songwriting. And now I can use those melodies. Oh, my gosh, my writing just changed. Mm. Right. So the fir- that first element is the voice. And then the other components, again, depending on the artist, some of it is building their um, business savvy or awareness, like or their confidence to like show up in the room and really know who they are. So helping them learn their strengths if it's if it's like. When you go into a room, you're going to co-write or let's say you're going to co-write. What are your strengths? You're not just a singer. Like you can sing a melody. Lots of people, like lots of people can sing melodies, right? But what else is, is are you funny? Then bring your humor to the space. Mm. Are you, Ali Moss, for example, wonderful coach. Ali Moss is known as the grandma of the Inger Michelson tour. Mm. You know, she's always like, hey, we got to go. Or she's like, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Like, and that's her role in that group, you know? So it's knowing like your personal assets as well as your skill assets. Mm. You know, I've been told many times, like I'm, I've been called a melody slayer. I've been told that I help like the integrity of the song, like stay on point. So I know, oh, I've, I've heard that enough times to know that people appreciate it and let me do that when I'm in the room. So example, one person was had some lyric ideas and they're outstanding. And the other co-writer is like, that's incredible lyric. And I love that. And I was like, that lyric is awesome. But is it true to the story we're telling? Mm. You know, and does it hurt? Like, is it does it cut like a knife in the best way? And it didn't. It, it was like, yeah, it's actually taking the story this way. And that's not where we all go. So let's let's look for something else. Mm. I was like, save those lyrics, though. They're great. Right. So I'm the person that helps like the integrity of the theme or the honesty in the room stay present. Mm. 
and and I know it, so I'll do it. I'm not I'm not afraid to say that. So knowing that that's an asset that people have appreciated, I'm not shy to share that in the room, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm a solid singer. I'm not always the person who sings the demo or sings the song. I don't need to be. I, I don't need to be like, oh wait, but I sing. I have mm-hmm. to be the same. No, it's not always for me. You know, especially if I'm writing for an artist, like they're gonna sing, right? So I might I might have them take the lead on melodies because we want that melody to come from their propensity. And then I'll be like, Ooh, what if we go here? Or what if the pre-chorus goes here? And then I'm bringing, I'm bringing in my gift, but I'm not dominating Mm. the artist. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, like learning your skills from personal to talent, right. Uh, Or technical and, and being, knowing like just being confident to bring all of those to the table. Mm. What's your view on, um, Somebody like Beyonce, who created the alter ego Sasha Fierce to kind of help her out of a shyer personality to allow her to bring forth this confident kind of sassy, sexy persona that she feels felt she had inside to the stage. Does that is that something you encourage? Is that a helpful tool for for somebody to to do? Here's a question. Was she not that in Destiny's Child? I mean, there's no way Sasha Fierce isn't Beyonce. Yeah. Right. It's her. So it might be parts of her personality, like, and we could say archetypes, right? It could be certain parts of her personality magnified. Mm. So like, I'm going to bring out, but I don't think she was not any of those things in Destiny's Child. Yeah. I would think of it like this. If you're an actor and you're playing a villain, right? You're going to bring out, I'm going to bring out my envy. I'm going to bring out my malice. I'm going to bring out these parts of me that normally are quite small, hopefully, <laughs> and bring them like bring them out to a 10. And the other parts of me are going to get a little smaller, but then I'm going to throw in compassion for animals and that I'm a vegetarian to give this villain like a compassionate side that we all go, oh, like layers, right? Mm. So when you know yourself that we all have 12 archetypes, um, all humans have a shared four, and then each of us have another eight that make us individually ourselves, right? So the four that we all have is um, a saboteur, a victim, a prostitute, and that's about where you will bend your integrity, and a child. And there's different types of children. There's an enchanted child, a wounded child, an orphan child. So we all have those four. Like we all have a victim side of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have another eight. You're not going to be all of those things all the time as an artist. Like you're not going to market all of that, right? You're going to pick probably three of them to be your main, um, let's call pillars. Like these these are the main qualities I'm putting out there. And if you think of any artist, you know, I'm going to describe a female artist right now. Badass, warrior, uh, feminist. I'm going to say feminist, like, um, you know, um, strong woman. Let's say that maybe instead of feminist, like strong female empowerment, badass. Who comes to mind? Lady Gaga-ish. It's almost her, right? Yeah. Um, and if we tweak it a little, we were like, there we are. We're at Gaga, right? Yeah. Um, um, I was speaking of pink. Right. And your eyes goes, oh, yeah, pink. Yeah, that describes yeah. her. Right? Yeah. And if we thought of any artist, we could, we could all come up with basically three adjectives and we'd all hit the same mark because mm-hmm. that's what they've given us consistently mm-hmm. right like pink and kelly clarkson are super similar they probably sing 95 percent of the same songs and i would say pink has the warrior and kelly clarkson has more of the i'm the victim i'm overcoming i'm survive. i'm the survivor i'm mm-hmm. overcoming right and there's there's that subtle difference and then there's other layers of difference as well so when you start to know yourself you're like this is what i'm putting out in the forefront and everything i do needs to be under those that umbrella under that description and then people will describe you accurately right we, we get you we resonate 
But maybe like your third music video is like, oh, that's actually archetype number eight. Let me use that for the color scheme, for the focus of this video, not losing the other three, but it's going to bring this other element in. Mm -hmm. And so you show different sides of you at different times, but the big main thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think Sasha Fierce gave her an opportunity to highlight. And perhaps at that moment, it was like, I want to bring this out really strong. And by bringing it out as Sasha Fierce, it's going to allow like my audience to go with me on it. It's going to leave me room to come back to Beyonce. It's going to um, allow my audience to take it in a really positive way, as opposed to like, not necessarily what happened to Beyonce, but like, why is she like that? You know? So I think it depends. Also, you have to look at where she did that in her career Mm -hmm. and that it was like really feasible to do that. You know, if you're doing it all the time or or we all know when someone does something for marketing as opposed to authenticity, mm. you know, but mm-hmm. Sasha Fierce isn't so far from Beyonce. That's yeah. why that's what, it's just parts of her magnified. Mm. If there's an artist who might be doing like a cover or isn't quite on their own in their own journey yet, but they're directed to do a song that doesn't speak to their archetypes. I I just think of an anecdote from when I was on one of my performing contracts and I was asked to kind of be sexy, I guess. <laughs> and that does not speak to me. Awkward, yes. Sexy, no. <laughs> but awkward is so sexy. Is it? Mm-hmm. Not when I do it. <laughs> I don't believe you. But I just thought, how? How do I do that? And I I didn't have the tools at all at the time to understand. So the only thing I could do was plant Harry Styles or a a celebrity crush in the audience and pretend that they wanted me. Oh, I love it. So you found a way to do it. It, That worked. So there's a number of things, ways that I think this works. I think if someone tries to be sexy, it's not sexy. Mm-hmm. What makes someone sexy is them being themselves. That's why I said awkward is sexy. Yeah. Um, what's attractive is someone who knows themselves being themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think I think if you bring out certain parts of yourself, we'll experience it as sexy. So that's one way. Um, a second thing, like I've had artists need that, you know, they have to sing a song and it's they don't even like it. I'm like, then that's what I want you to express. I want you to express how much you hate this song while you sing it. Mm. And what comes out is the truth. What comes out is their connection and power. What comes out is emotion. And then the song, the performance and the audience takes them into more layers of expression. But when, as an example, an artist was recording a song they had to do, a live performance of TV and such, and they really didn't like the song. And when they felt that and they were rehearsing, I was like, yeah, this is horrible. Like, I didn't. I mean, I actually didn't. I don't think I said it's horrible, but it is horrible. They knew it was horrible because what happened was you're not in the song. Like you're hardly there. Your voice isn't showing up. Like your reluctancy is what we're getting. Mm. Right. So now express how much you hate the song and what came out energy and vibrancy and like attitude. And so we didn't get that you hate the song. We just got all your personality and then their, their joy of singing, their joy of being on stage, their you know, certain lyrics or melodies, like they would connect with that and they're not hating the song for the whole time. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but being honest, you know, was the key to connection. So a couple other ways to connect to sexy. Um, And when you said Harry Styles, I was like, well, Harry Styles is sexy. So sometimes it's embodying. And I usually, I like to use two people. So this is one of the vocal games we play, but I like to use two people. So it's not, it's not singular. Mm. Who, who are two artists that you find very sexy? Ooh, how long have you got? <laughs> there are Just many. Maybe, maybe two. 
Give me two. Okay, who do you I can, think? You can do this lots of times. Ooh, okay. I do think Harry Styles is has got a oh. sex appeal. Okay, be, would you be open to, can you just sing three lines of any song? Would you Three be lines of any song? Yes. This is where all songs fall out of my brain. That's why it's important to have like three to five songs that are so go-to when someone says sing, you're like, oh, this is my go-to. Well, I'm so, I'm such a musical theater person that I'm not a, cool. I'm not a, pick one. Pick, universe, pick a musical theater song. Okay. I'm down. Um, I work with Mandy Gonzalez. I'm, I, I'm down. Do some musical theater. Okay. I'll do a little a section from a Hades town one. Cool. Okay. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Be nervous. Express that. What I wanted was to fall asleep, close my eyes and disappear like a petal on a stream, a flower on the air. That was totally the wrong lyrics, but we'll go with it. Nice. Uh, who, who cares? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you can repeat those or put in the lyrics that are meant to be there a second time. It's fine. Okay. okay. Now, what if someone said to you, we want you to do this really sexy, right? So two artists you think are very sexy, Harry Styles and? Um, I think Pink is actually Pink. quite a sexy person. I agree. I yeah. totally agree. Okay, so Pink and Harry Styles had a baby. You are that baby. Ooh, okay. Now we're, do, we're doing musical theater and we're going to throw out the idea that you can't change it. So for right now, I want it, you, don't have, you can change it. We're actually going to mess the song up a ton. Okay. So I want you to bring in Harry Styles and Pink into this song. What would they do with the rhythm or the melody or a note? Like you can change it up. Don't feel pressured to, but you are so allowed to. Okay. And I want you to bring me some Harry Styles and Pink into this performance. Oh, crumbs. Okay. Crumb. Um, you can't think your way through it. You just got to do okay. it. Okay. What I wanted was to fall asleep, close my eyes and disappear like a petal on a stream, flower on the air. That was awesome. Okay. <laughs> Three lines, totally different. What did you experience? Um, I experienced that there was a little bit more pizzazz in the sound for want of a... Okay. Oh, that's so musical theatre word, isn't it? <laughs> um, it there was a little I'm, bit more I'm like juice to it yeah yeah more of your personality mm. um now did you change the melodies or anything yeah i think i did add a little bit of more of a, like a riff or yeah um, there was like subtle mm. changes but the whole performance was actually dramatically different mm. now you can go way further and like if this was a harry style song what would that rhythm be like how would he like really mess this song up and bring bring a harry does harry riff like that um what would he do, yeah. you know? So we have some form of like a little growl or rocky. Okay. So, and like I said, you can't figure this out. Like it doesn't exist. There's no Harry Styles meets Pink meets you, right? Because yeah. you're the singer actually. Harry's not in the room. Pink's not here. You just did that. Mm -hmm. But this can really help you break out of, and you were talking about covers, right? Yeah. This can help you break out of how have I sung this song a million times? How have I heard it sung? How mm -hmm. do I always sing, you know? So if I get somebody and and maybe um, it's good to try lots of things because maybe it's a different combination of artists for this particular song or a different mm -hmm. one for another song. Um, and you might find, oh, gosh, if I just bring these two artists together, I just find myself so free that that's all I do. And now you find out, oh, that's me. That's my voice. Mm. Right. Some people have found that they have more rhythm than they realized when they just bring Stevie Wonder in the equation. They're like, I didn't know I could do that. Mm. Right. I don't usually, and you're like, yeah, you can. You're just used to hearing or 
thinking or being safe or whatever. So mm-hmm. this is the mashup. And I like bringing together two artists that are really from different genres, especially like mm-hmm. bring in, you know, Stevie Wonder meets um, the Beatles or, you know, just bring in artists that are musically very different. And then what does that do? Mm. Get on your feet and do it. What does it do to your body? So if you wanted to do something sexy, that's one thing you could do is like, oh, well, you know, is it Eartha Kitt meets someone else? And then all of a sudden mm. you're like, oh, what? I didn't even know I moved like this. You yeah. know? I think that's really interesting. Yeah, because what I also get from that is there's going to be different genres of sexy or different genres of disappointment. So what sort of sexy are you trying to be? Are you trying to be seductive? Are you just trying to... Um, enjoy your own body you're just trying to and then you might pick different artists and different nuances from them and therefore you have lots of different genres of these things to puzzle together yeah and again ultimately there's nobody else you just you're just using this game to find bring yourself out yeah and then then you're just doing you right another fun game is is animals like okay sexy oh am i a lion am i am i walking like a lion what animal do you think is sexy what does that look like in my body and what does that do to my voice like mm. specifically eartha kit right she used to purr <sighs> she used to do a purr right and she so what might maybe you're really connected to animals you're like animals just do it for me that kind of imagination like helps me so try that you know i've done the mashup game with an artist where they really found their voice doing it i've done it with someone else where they're like yeah this isn't my game and so we do a different game yeah right that's cool um but the mashup just really helps you embody qualities you love in other people and Mm. some of them you just don't think you can do you're like i don't think i can do that yeah that's interesting that's really interesting and when it comes to things like covers how do you help people to bring their truth to words that aren't theirs? So, God, again, so many layers to this, right? <clears throat> so first, take the words away. Just get your voice singing that melody in a way that feels so good in your body. And then you're like, oh, I, this song feels so comfortable to me now. The words actually don't mean anything. Like, I'm a lyricist, and there's a certain aspect where words mean nothing. It's what you're expressing that is everything. And then on a deeper level, those words and what they mean to you and how they affect you, that which is why you singing a song and 10 other people singing the same song can really be interpreted or expressed, I should say, differently, because those words are going to mean something different to you and to those nine other people, or 10 other people, whatever number I said. So, um, so again, like playing the mashup can help. Another game I love to play is, um, is just changing one syllable per line. So if you were like, what's now musical theater, you're not allowed to change anything. Yeah. However, practicing changing it and then coming back to the original will really give you freedom of like, oh, I'm I'm not changing it, but it's mine now. It feels yeah. like it's my story. I'm breathing through this song instead of making sure I hit the marks, you know. Um, so, for example, uh, first line of your song, what was the... What I wanted was to fall asleep. So, da-da-da-da, comma, da-da-da-da-da-da. I got the, didn't, didn't get the... Da-da-da-da-da. So there's your melody. Now, can you go through every single word? You can go through each word and you're going to change one syllable per line. Um, and I, so for example, the first half, what, what I wanted was to fall asleep. That's the melody, right? Now mm-hmm. I can just point at each word and change it. What I wanted was to fall asleep. What I wanted was to fall asleep. What I wanted was to fall asleep. What I wanted was to fall asleep what i wanted was to fall asleep 
I just literally went down the whole sentence and just changed the next word and then the next one and the next one. And it's it's that easy to do that I'm just doing it as an exercise, right? Mm. So if you just change one syllable per line um, in order to tell your story and express yourself, you're going to change that song. Now, you don't want to rewrite it. A great song is well-written. Don't rewrite it. Mm. But you might really find like you're changing the pocket, the groove, you're changing the emphasis. And you're like, I love this. So this requires a different groove now. I need to, I need to change the way the guitar parts played to support this, or mm-hmm. I want to f- speed it up, or I want to make it a minor. Like, But if you just start, change one thing, you're going to break out of the pattern of singing it like somebody else, right? And what what can you change in a song? You can change the melody, mm-hmm. can change the rhythm. And there's two parts to that. There's holding notes that normally aren't held, don't hold the ones that normally get held. And then there's where you come in, right? Like where that comma is. All I wanted was, all I wanted was to fall asleep or wherever the comma always is, right? Move the comma. What I wanted was to fall asleep. That changes the whole rhythm. What I wanted was to fall asleep. So come in early, come in late, come in really early, come in really late. And there's lots of little dimensions in there, right? Mm. And then you can change dynamics. And then you could play with lyrics. So, you know, what I wanted was, all I wanted was to fall asleep. You could repeat words. Mm. You know, if there's a no, a no is often really fun to repeat. Oh, no, 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 I said, and you know, you can repeat it. So playing with the lyric itself Mm. can be a fun choice. So those are the four things you can change. Now go play with those. Mm. And ultimately, we want them inspired by your emotional Mm. uh, drive, right? Like, Mm. this song makes me feel angry. So what does that do to my melody and my rhythms? And, oh, this song makes me feel sad. What does that make me want to do, you know? Um, So try it. Try those Mm. first three lines. Just change one simple, simple. Don't rewrite the song. Just change one syllable. Okay. What I wanted was to fall asleep. Keep going. Close my eyes and disappear Like a petal on a stream, a feather on the air Awesome. Now, one thing that people often do is they'll change the last word of phrases because it's easy. It feels like I have time, right? Mm. Try changing stuff in between. Now, what what is well written about this song is its phrasing. So I'm going to ask you to mess it up. Okay. Don't run to the word that is emphasized. Emphasize something else. Okay. What I wanted was to fall asleep. Close my eyes and disappear. Like a petal on a stream. A feather on the air. Awesome. Do the last line and don't emphasize on. Both times on is emphasized. Emphasize pedal and the air. Okay. Like a pedal on... Oh, hold on. Like a go. pedal on a stream. A feather on the air. Yeah. Focus on air. Like these not that important, right? Mm. But when you do that, the like that becomes the focal point and we want to emphasize words that matter mm. right like oh yeah that has, that has weight that word mm-hmm. you know like in songwriting i often like to take out all the little words that don't have to be there it makes it more dense it makes it yeah more emotionally impactful and you get to it's just full of words that matter instead of the little just the buts you know unless yeah. they're needed unless they're needed take them out yeah now how does that feel to play with it it's really nice <laughs> i'm I'm very much from a musical theatre realm that mm-hmm. to play feels scary because I'm not 
necessarily used to that but to play mm. makes you feel like you've got ownership over yeah yes yeah um, which is really nice because then it does feel more personal 100 percent. and again you may have to go back to exactly how it was written mm. but you won't you won't internally like that ownership will stay that personal aspect will stay and again if you're singing whether it's on tour as an artist or musical theater, when you're singing the same songs night after night, it needs to be personal for you to have a good time and to be present. Because what happened was you got present. You were mm -hmm. actually in the song telling me the story. Whereas the first times you're just singing the song the way you know yeah. it goes. Yeah. Right. So, but now you are in it. Yeah. Like that song is is your vehicle of expression. But if you're just trying to do the song, it's not yours. You're not expressing. Mm -hmm. You're doing the song. Now it's like, oh, this song is here for me to express myself, and that's what just happened which is why it's fun. Mm. You know, and again, I want you to have fun in your career, not just be a good singer. But yeah. guess what? You were a better singer when you were having fun. Yeah, yeah. And it, it totally is. And what would your opinion be then on teachers picking students repertoire for them when when they maybe a little bit younger and they're starting off? Even later, like, so I'm a person who's full of suggestions. And it's like a deck of cards. Here's a bunch of stuff. Let's try it. Let's see what works for you. And then we make lists for that artist. Like, oh, these tools work for you. Then I'll just keep pulling tools out, right? Mm. Um, and it's very rare that I like am directive. And, and, I, and even to a point, I think that could be a fault. Like I need to be more directive sometimes because people do need it. Mm. Um, so but people ask me that all the time. What song should I sing? I'm like, I have no idea. You have to feel so connected to the song. Mm. Why don't you bring me five songs that you like. And I and then I have ways to help them find them, right? But give me five songs you like, and then we'll look at which ones like resonate now and which ones will be strong for you to sing now. And what, okay, there's an up-tempo, there's a mid, there's a ballad, there's a this, that's where do you live? And then where do we want as the outlier? So I want, again, I want that artist to be directive of like bringing who they are. Um, <clears throat> I think I can point, definitely point them in directions of like, I like, who are some of your favorite artists? Let's look at those songs. And then let's look at, let's look at artists that aren't your big influences, but that are in the same kind of genre, or let's pull a band song and bring it to that genre. Um, one, one person I learned, this was a great, this is from musical theater. And I think it was a great way to pick songs. Uh, they said, go read lyrics, read lyrics first. Don't even listen to the songs, read lyrics and find songs whose stories you like. Yeah. Then listen to them. And now let's pick the songs that you want to sing. Mm -hmm. But immediately that story is resonating with you, right? That emotional, mm -hmm. and I think that's essential. Yeah. But you can, I mean, not for musical theater, but you can change melodies. You can change, a song can be in any genre, but is it the story you want to tell? Mm -hmm. so I think it's very important. Um, so yeah, I'll point in directions. I think that, you know, our ability to listen to so much music is key. Like if you put on an artist you love radio, you know, on one of the apps, and then lots of other artists come up. You're going to discover artists you never heard of songs like I love this song. I never heard this song before. And so that rabbit hole led you to a song that you could now cover. Mm. You know, I used to send people to back in the day when we had record stores and you could listen to CDs and like you'd ask for a CD and listen. And that's how you'd find songs. You know how long yeah. that took? <laughs> now it's on your phone and and it will it will provide artists that you're probably going to like. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a great way to find music. Mm. How important is an artist's intention for wanting to be an artist? So, for example, mm. someone who's doing it because they are striving for fame compared to the artist who is using this as a vehicle to tell a truthful story. It's such a good question, an interesting one, right? I think that there are plenty of people who wanted to prove their parents wrong, that they were worthy, who are superstars. 
I think there are people who wanted fame who got it. I think there are people who had no I no desire to be famous who are, but and that just were there to tell their story. There are people who can, you know, I just need to make music. It's who I am, right? <clears throat> so there's so many ways or motivating factors that could get you your career and move you through life. But you're I think that the person who is driven by unworthiness is having a very different experience than the person driven by, and I'm gonna prove my parents wrong, which is similar to I want fame to I'm doing what I got to do to I fell into a career. I I have I work with an artist who's uh, very famous who didn't know they were going to be an artist. You know, Patty mm-hmm. Smith. Patty Smith was a you know Drew. She was fine arts. She didn't mm-hmm. know she was going to be a poet musician, right? So I think people also fall into it and they're like, oh, wow. You know, one artist I work with, actually another artist I work with was the side person in a band and the producer heard them and were like, I, you need to be a, your own solo artist. And they're like, really? And now they have a full career as a solo artist. Like they were a keyboard player and uh, and that's happened to plenty of artists as well, right? So I think there's no one way to get into the music industry or have a career. I think though that we should need to check our own motivations, you know? And there's a great book. It's on my book list. On my website, I have a, in the shop, there's a a bookshop with like a bunch of books that I think are just really valuable for artists and creatives to read. And one of them is called Nobody Ever Asked Me About the Girls. Mm -hmm. And so she's um, an incredible journalist, music journalist, who's been in the business for decades. And this book is all about women in music industry that she's interviewed. And that's what she said. She's like, when everyone ever asked me about artists, they'd ask me about Mick Jagger and David Bowie. No one ever asked me about women. Mm is great, great. But um, in the book, she talks about this, that like n- nobody likes fame. Fame harms everybody. Mm. Um, it's a terrible byproduct of being a successful musician and storyteller. And, um, but that fame is really like everyone, most people would prefer to do it without mm. the fame. Um, so I think that I think, and, I, and I'm not saying any of it's wrong, because again, it's like, who's wrong to live your life? It's just I know I don't feel great if I'm seeking validation as opposed to I'm showing up doing me and I'm getting the feedback that people dig it. That's different Mm -hmm. than I need people to like me. You know, the root, the root of perfectionism is what do other people think of me? Mm. And what do other people think of me is ancestral. It is literally back in the day when we were in tribes and nomadic, if people didn't, if I said something and people didn't like it, and then the head of the group was like, you can't say that. We don't like you. You're out of here. Uh, That meant death, right? Mm -hmm. No food, no shelter eaten by a lion. So that idea of what do other people think of me is so rooted in like survival from back when. And I think if we can be aware of that, of like, oh, that's not relevant to my life. Like if, you know, I can find my people now, I can create my own family now, I can find them on the internet, I can find them in another city, I can move. Now, I mean, hopefully, like there's obviously that opportunity isn't available to every person in every country. However, the internet hopefully is. And um, But for the greater percentage, like that, that life or death isn't happening. Even people who are canceled, you get a second chance. Mm. Most of the time, like people love an underdog and we love it come back. Mm. Right. So and I'm talking like that's an extreme, right? Like, well, what if I got canceled? People make a comeback. Like and again, that's like that's not going to happen to most people at all. Why do I say this is that if you're thinking about what do other people think of me, you aren't generating from yourself. It's all from that fear of survival. Right. Mm. So I want people like I want for myself. I want you to enjoy your life. I want you to enjoy your career. I want you to enjoy the content you're making. So the motivation is important. Again, we go back to blueprint. 
Like, what is my motivation and can I stay connected to that in everything I do? So social media is about what I want to share with people and affecting and having a positive impact on them as opposed to how many people liked it, did mm. do well. Now, do I want the numbers to be high? Yes, because it means I'm impacting more people. But do I check them for my like self-worth? No. Mm. no. Also, because you know that there's an algorithm working against you, not for you. There's a, yeah. like, it's not all about you at all. So, um, and then we can learn strategies to make break through those things, right? But yeah, I think your motivation is important for your well being, mm. you know. And that being said, plenty of people are very successful, motivated by stuff that like harms them. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, they just eats at them. You not get like, you know, be eaten away with, you know, self you know, fear, loathing or whatever. Mm, mm. I just, I, again, more ease, more grace, more joy. Ease, more grace. (laughs) Yes. And you mentioned a book there. Are there any other resources that you would encourage us, me, our listeners to Mm. check out based on what we've spoken about? Definitely. So um, I have a Facebook group called the Par Pack. I'm really not a fan of the platform. However, and we're, we're going to be moving into another community platform. But if you join it, um, it's a place where we'll be having more events and ways. To, like I'm all about connecting people. Like I'm a resource, but I know that all the people that I work with are resources for each other. So every event I do, my courses, like we're going to be doing events so that people who have taken the course can meet each other. Because here's a bunch of artists. So I think finding communities that you jive with like musically is really important. Mm. Um, find communities that don't have to do with music. Find a community like with your other hobbies because if you have a, a passion for rescuing animals, um, you're gonna enjoy your life doing it. And guess what? You're probably gonna donate a certain amount of your proceeds to that charity. And then and then that charity, you can say, hey, can we do something together? Can we collaborate? Um, I'd love to do a music video with like me walking the dogs and you know how many people are that's going to go viral. You do a music video with dogs from a shelter. Right. And and can we feature them so that people can adopt like like all these kind of creative ideas that will actually enhance your career and your community will grow if you're just joining communities that matter to you. Mm. Right. So I think that's important. Um, certainly online, there's just different groups depending on what you want to do with your career. Like if you're in a musical theater, find a musical theater group, find, get connected to more and more artists that plug you into auditions and things like that. If you're into sync, you know, get involved. Um, There's a, you know, reach out to me on Instagram. There's a community on Instagram that's all about sync. um, And she's really, my intern went to the last, I was part of an event, invited my team and my intern, they, they, they did 24 hours for three days. They did like nine hours each day. I think it was, or whatever it was, they, they played, they went through like 900 songs. To, to like publishers, music supervisors, like people who place the songs. And my intern had four different companies interested in signing him wow. because of the song he played. Mm. Like that's real. That's real connection, real, you know. So finding communities that are active where you can grow or you, you meet people you want to collaborate with is important, you know, things mm. like that. And check out mm. my online courses, of course, because um, I made them with a lot of heart intention and um, like right now, Blueprint has a hundred percent rating. Like everyone who's taken it, it's, it's got a hundred percent, you know, value yeah. rating, which is awesome. That's what I want. I want people to gain a lot from it. And hopefully, from our talk today, there's like specific things that people are like, oh, I can go do this. I can go try this. You know? Oh yes, that's so sure. important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to come and live with you because I love <laughs> the vibe you've given me. Please, so I'll be on my way. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, sign up for my newsletter um, because I put out creative stories, tips, my Instagram, constant contact of, you know, vocal tips and such. 
And um, and there's always like information and offers and like you know I'd, like I said I'd love to connect and support. And yeah. thanks for having me. Thanks for chatting. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so so much. If you're enjoying the Singing Teachers Talk podcast, and who are we kidding? Of course you are. Share the love by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a comment. Just head to the Singing Teachers Talk main page on the Apple Podcast app and scroll to the bottom to click Write a Review.